I need. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. He's the bread when I'm hungry. He's the water when I'm thirsty. He's the lifter of my head. He's the forgiver of my mistakes. He's the redeemer of my soul. He's the healer of my body and he's the strength of my life. He's everything that I need tonight. He's everything that I need tonight. He's everything that I need. Somebody shout, he's everything. Amen, amen. God bless you today. Remain standing. We're so excited for what God is doing. It's never been better at the anchor. It's never been better at the anchor. It's exciting times. It really is. It's the best hour of the church. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the best hour of the church. Stood in an arena. Stood in a football arena a few weeks ago. Nearly 37,000 people just having church. No, no show, just church. Prophecies started coming. Young people started shouting. Started consecrating. You could hardly keep them out of the altar, Brother Powell. 30, nearly 37,000 rushing that platform, not for a football game, not for hype, but for a covenant with Jesus Christ. That's the truth. It was so powerful. An elder leaned over to me. An elder leaned over to me. Brother Mark Mealy, come and join us on the platform. An elder leaned over to me and he said, what I would give for 40 more years. What I would give for 40 more years to see what God's about to do. How many believe God's getting ready to do something amazing among us? Come on, you can look around. There's not a whole lot of seats here that, praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, you better come early next week. Amen. I just want to ask you, if a sinner comes, would you give up your seat so they could hear the gospel? But you better get ready, they're coming. Look at that door right there. I want you to look at that door. Come on, look at those doors and say they're coming. There's a harvest coming. <laughs> Come on, God's getting ready to save hundreds of people. Amen. You may be seated. I'll give you my title in a moment. I'm not going to read a text. I will refer to it later. It was a few weeks ago that I was traveling from Springfield, Missouri, from Junior Quiz Nationals to Michigan to preach their camp meeting. It was a long day. I had a six and a half hour delay sitting in an airport waiting on them to fix the plane and the plane wasn't getting fixed. Everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Finally, I said, I've got to preach tonight. Y'all got to do something. They put me on another airlines. I landed. I landed at about, I think it was 10 till, uh, 10 till 6. Had to get a rental car. Church starts at 7. And I have an hour and a half drive. I didn't know if my luggage would make it, so I always put a suit in my backpack. And uh, I ironed my suit pants 
on the hot dash on the way to the camp meeting. Just reach up and bless it every now and then. Lord, let the heat from the sun get the wrinkles out. Amen. I just headed that way. I got to church about 20, I got to church about 7:40 and stepped up and preached. But what God showed me on the airplane when I get at rest, and I've learned over the years that God's voice, God does not speak to a weary mind or a busy mind. I want everybody to say, God doesn't speak to a weary mind. Or a busy mind. God expects you to be balanced with your time, your talent, and your energy to hear his voice. I know it's not popular that God still expects a Sabbath out of us. Some of you are so weary because you're not balanced. Is it me or is it like awkwardly quiet? Well, let's talk about it. Can't hear from God. Don't know what to do. You're weary in your spirit. You're weary in your mind. God does not speak to a weary mind or a busy mind. But if I can somehow at this stage of life at 41, if I can get my mind at rest, my spirit at ease, that's where God speaks to me. Pastor Richard, I was on the plane a little frustrated with the time clock, obviously. But I found a place on the plane and rest come over my spirit. And when rest comes over my spirit, I call it my mail slot. It's where God speaks to me. A comfortable place, a rested place. When it did, I could see in a vision a field. I thought it was clouds. It looked like a field where I was looking at clouds and a vision that God showed me. Are y'all listening to me right now? I was looking at a field. It looked like, like um, uh, almost a, a tannish tinted clouds, like a sun shining on it. Then when I leaned in to the vision, I saw it was heads of people. It was a field as far as I could see of the head of people. Went and preached that night, stepped up on the pulpit, didn't look on the wall, I just walked up and when they had me to preach, matter of minutes after I got there, I stepped up to the pulpit and the Holy Ghost hit me. He said, tell my people to quit waiting on the harvest. Now is the time. The time is now. What I did not know on the screen behind me, the theme of the camp meeting was the time is now. What I didn't recognize Brother Donnie Ryan, it's so good to have you and your family, church planner. I want you all to stand, your whole family, would you? Don't everybody stand. We're going to honor the Ryan family. We, we're so glad to have them here. Aren't we thrilled to have them here tonight? Amen. Now I think we ought to all stand and honor them. These are church planters. Johnstown, Ohio, planting a powerful church. We're so glad about it. Amen. That's not the first time. They've been here several times on Sunday nights. Then, and, uh, but we're just thrilled that you're here. Brother, Brother Ryan, I was on that, in that camp meeting in the altar. And after I was finished preaching, I turned around and looked at the screen. And this was the picture show the, where, the, where, the, where it says that the harvest is ready while I preached this morning. That was the slide of the camp meeting. And that 
was what God showed me on the airplane. The exact picture that you're looking at is exactly what God showed me. The heads of people in a field. I come to you with a spirit of prophecy on me tonight to tell you again that the harvest is now. There is a harvest now. I realize the Bible says in the last day there's going to be a falling away and even the very elect will be deceived. And I understand that. that even the very elect of God, those who will live for him, was, they're going to fall away because they're deceived by the world. And I understand that. That which can be shaken will be shaken. But I also understand what the Bible says in the book of Joel. That in the last day saith God, I'm going to pour my spirit up on all flesh. The sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Do you see those... 10 and 12 year olds up here worshiping God. Come on. This is a multi-generational church. Multi-ethnicity church. Worshiping God. Those young people don't want to be anywhere. You know what I've learned about these young people? They want to be in the house of God. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Sit in my seat, Brother Mealy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. Servants and handmaids. In those days will I pour to my spirit. You've got to understand in the last days, God's going to pour his spirit out in a mighty way upon everybody. Somebody shout everybody. He's going to pour his spirit right now. And you listen, what he was only doing globally, he's now doing locally. What we used to hear about from our missionaries or now we are seeing in our local churches. I know I'm redundant, but I watched a lady's leg grow right there just a few weeks ago, a few months ago. I have seen people healed, their eyes, blinded eyes open. I've watched God do so many miracles that I, at one point that you would only hear about in some sections of our world. Listen, what we heard about in the 80s, excuse me, in the early 90s, Ethiopian revival. I remember that. There would be half a million in a crusade, 30, 40, 75,000 people getting the Holy Ghost in one meeting. I'm going to tell you, and I speak it boldly tonight, that what we were only hearing about in foreign soil, we are getting ready to see on American and Canadian soil. God is going to pour his spirit upon thousands of people. Thousands of people. Come on, I think everybody ought to jump to your feet when I say God's going to pour the Holy Ghost on thousands of people. Everybody ought to be happy about that. Amen. Now I realize what my role is tonight and this morning. I am preparing this church for the greatest harvest it's ever seen. Now there's something that we developed early, early this year in our staff meeting. God began to deal with us as staff and our pastors. We started talking about we need to celebrate what we expect. Out of that came a graduation celebration we did. We didn't only honor our high school graduates this year. We honored our kindergarten, our high school, our college, people that have received, um, uh, that, that retired, and people that had, had received certifications and things of that nature. We celebrated what we expect because we expect that out of our members to have a worth ethic and to better themselves. So we celebrated that. That's right, we did that. that. That's what gets us through this temporal world is work, jobs, education, things of that nature. But that's not all we've come to celebrate. We're gonna celebrate what heaven celebrates and that's one sinner repenting. Hold on, hold on, let's, let's practice this. Let's practice this. When a sinner repents, when a sinner repents, we ought to go crazy wild. We, we ought to get so happy. Hold on, hold on, just sit there. We're gonna practice this. Don't you dare get excited over a touchdown and not clap your hands and shout over a sinner repenting. That's what happens when we say sinners repent. 
everybody jumps your feet and says, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Another soul has been saved. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now sit down, let's practice this. You believe what I'm telling you is true? I don't want heaven shouting and dancing and rejoicing. Well, I don't think Jesus ever did. That's not true. He did. When they came to him, they said, even the devils are subject to us. That's what they said. Lord, even the devils are subject to us. He said, well, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. You know what he said? Big deal about the devil. I've given you authority over the devil. Quit shouting. He wasn't saying quit shouting. He said, but some of us only shout when somebody... When the the devil's been overthrown. I've already given you authority over the devil. That's what he said. He said, don't rejoice just over a a devil coming out of somebody. Somebody getting delivered from the devil. He said, rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven. He said, you want to rejoice about something? Everything could be going wrong, but your name's still in the Lamb's book of life. That's what you can shout about. Brother Nehemiah, and the Bible says that he began to rejoice when he said that. Jesus himself began to rejoice. This is what Jesus began to do. He, he rejoiced. Man, he jumped up and down and spun in circles. That's what Jesus began to do right there. When he thought about your name on the Lamb's Book of Life, you make it to heaven, he started rejoicing. You know what I say? If he can rejoice, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to shout and be happy. I told, I told our pastors earlier, you may be seated. I told our pastors earlier, I said, I want my kids excited about the harvest. I want Sawyer, Lake, and Jillian, and Finn. I want them when they hear that somebody repents. I want them pumping their fists and saying, that's God. Amen, a sinner repented. I want our children in the church. When they see, when we have this baptismal tank that's gonna be here not too long from now, and they see people being baptized. I want the kids running up here and the Holy Ghost falling and they're jumping up and down because somebody got their sins washed away. Amen. You know, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, if a kid got the Holy Ghost, they stopped right there, got on the phone, they called grandma, they called auntie, they called uncle, they called the pastor, they called everybody and said, little Johnny just got the Holy Ghost. We can't lose that in 2019. We've got to be excited about babies being born in the church. Now listen, be seated. I'm going to pastor you and that means get ready. I'm getting ready to hit you right in the, right, right in the teeth. Some of you can't get happy about it because you got so much TV in your home. You can't get happy about it because Hollywood's playing and Netflix is playing all the time. You can't get happy about the harvest because you're so consumed with, with politics and news and the world. You have fallen in love with the world while being raised in this church. You're more passionate over the things of the world. You get more worked up over politics and economics and, and, and things going on in world affairs. And I told him this morning, we have to be very, very, very careful to not download so much useless information in our mind that we become numb about the things of God. The Bible said that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's what it says. He said, unless you're born, except you are born of water and spirit, you can't see the kingdom. And I'm convinced that born again people can be clouded about the kingdom. 
told him this morning. I'm going to tell you tonight. That's why I don't go to the movies. I'm not stepping foot in the movie theater. Hold on, hold on, listen to me. I'm not, I don't want somebody feeling awkward because, you know, whatever. I want you to hear why. The reason I don't go to movie theaters because it is the dump yard of Hollywood. It's the dump yard. Well, Mickey Mouse was playing there. Now listen to me. I'm, I want to help you. I'm going to tell you why I don't. Because I believe, I believe that Hollywood and, and the theaters creates an atmosphere. I'm not saying it's all bad. I ain't stepping foot in a movie theater, and I'm going to tell you right now, because everything plays there. And listen, it creates an atmosphere. You hear your pastor? That is desensitizing America and unfortunately the believers, the church. To do what? To accept the spirit of the Antichrist when he comes. Amen. I'm just telling the leadership, you're going to the movies, you resign or repent. We don't have time. We don't have time for clouded leadership. We don't have time for people being in positions that can't see the harvest and the kingdom and love God. Now listen, I'm not, I'm preach, I'm not tre- preaching for a response. What I'm saying right now, the harvest is here. We cannot become so consumed with the world that we can't get excited about the things of God. I told the pastors before church, the Bible says that the harvest was wasted. Husbandmen, you ought to be ashamed, the scripture says, because the corn dried up on the vine. It dried up on the stalks. The grapes withered on the vine. Why? Because the joy had withered away from the sons of men. I'm not saying every show that you watch out there is gonna, is gonna distract you, but we gotta understand if I'm not excited about the harvest, if I really don't care if somebody repents on Sunday or not, I've gotta understand there's something inside my home that's keeping me from having the joy of God in my life. You know what I say we do? We clean every distraction that's keeping us away from our purpose and our destiny. Am I preaching to anybody right now? My God, I don't want to miss the harvest because I'm asleep. He said, watch and pray lest she enter into temptation. Come on, everybody put your hand over your eyes. Say, watch and pray. Amen. Elbow your neighbor or pinch him or something. Say, wake up. Get your eyes. Get your eyes open. Somebody shout, get your eyes open. He said, you got to watch and pray. He said, in, the, in, in that day, he said, you, you, you need to keep your eyes focused. Eyes focused. If you're not, the very elect will be deceived. Oh, I'm preaching with a burden tonight. I haven't come to condemn you. I've come to instruct you. Because the most valuable thing to God is a sinner coming to repentance. The most valuable thing to us should be one more sinner praying through. Come on. Now let's, let's do this. If somebody repents, are you happy or you don't care? If somebody gets baptized, are you happy or you don't care? If somebody gets the Holy Ghost, are you happy? Or you don't care. Amen, 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 amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm asking this church to abstain from media for a period of time. Oh, pastor, we just did that. Let's do it again. Let's abstain from things that's distracting us. I told our pastors earlier, and I said, I don't want any of us getting emotionally connected to sports this fall. 
we, We don't have time for that right now. There is a harvest that's upon us. We've got to reach every soul that God's going to entrust in us. I really do believe in a matter of weeks you're going to have to park down the street and open some spaces for some people that are hungry for God. Do you believe that? How many's willing to walk a little further so somebody can hear the gospel? Somebody shout hallelujah. Hey, put that harvest slide on there. I don't think it's an accident that God allowed me to see this, this vision, the exact thing that you see. It's not an accident that I get to that meeting without seeing and start preaching about it. Now is the time. This is the time. Now is the time for the harvest. We have not been here in a long time, but we're here. In just a few weeks from now, Brother Greg Goblin's going to be with us, preaching for us on a Sunday. We're going to do a revival through Wednesday. And I believe we're going to pray all kinds of people through again and for the first time. Come on, anybody happy about that? Woo! Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's an exciting time. Come on, smile at your neighbor. Show them your pearly whites and say, it's an exciting time. Somebody shout, it's harvest time. I just want to ask you, what would you do if your daughter came back to the Lord that's been backslid for seven years? That's what I'm preaching about right there. That's what heaven does. Come on, Grandma, what would you do if your son that's been in drug bondage got delivered on a Sunday night? What would you do? i tell you what you ought to do right now because it's going to happen. They're on their I want to shout to the Lord. People I've been praying for, it's coming back to, come on, speak it, speak it, prophesy it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Brother Jones, it's going to happen. Amen, Brother Derek, it's going to happen. God has heard your prayers. He's just waiting on you to get excited about the answer. That's what he's waiting on. Get excited about the, the answer. Somebody shout yes. So glad to tell you that this morning in church, Brother Dave and Sister Janie Smith, wave your hands back there, Brother Dave, Sister Janie. They were baptized in Jesus' name this morning. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. Decade-old prayers are about to come to pass. Amen. Billy Cole used to prophesy it. You stand or sit, it's up to you right now. Billy Cole used to prophesy back in the day traveling the country. He said, I will see the day that 3,000, he didn't say 1,000, he said 1,000. 3,000 people would get the Holy Ghost in a single service and they laughed at him. Church people, preachers, mocked him, laughed at him. 3,000. Who does he think he is? Mocked him to the place that it wounded him. But in El Salvador, there was a crusade that was going on and the preacher that was preaching got sick And they called Billy Cole and said, we need you to be here. And this is what he said. He said 3,000 people didn't get the Holy Ghost. 
because I was there. He said, I was there because 3,000 people were going to get the Holy Ghost. Watch. He said, you can't talk about it as much as I talked about it. You can't prophesy it as much as I prophesied. And God not allow me there to see it. I come to tell you, some of you are about to see things that you've been speaking about. I'm going to tell you what I feel in this service. There are some of you that have been under the shackles of bondage. You keep saying, I don't want this nicotine any longer. I'm just believing for the day. I won't have a desire for drug addiction any longer. I come to tell you tonight is your night to see the miracle that you've been talking about. God's going to give you a deliverance. Somebody shout right now. Right now. Right now. Come on, if you believe that, shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Praise him. How many want to see that? Honey, what we've been dreaming about, what what we've been prophesying about, we're getting ready to see in a short matter of time. Amen. It's getting ready to happen very, very quickly. I'm talking about you can't wait to get to the house of God. You drive early. You can't wait to get off work to get on your knees and pray for what he's getting ready to do. I'm telling you, there's been a shift in the Holy Ghost. You're so excited right now because of what God's doing. Amen. i tell you what I do know. There's not a young person in this building that wants to miss church for a ball game. Am I right or am I wrong? They don't want to walk out of the church. There's no game in town that's more exciting than the anchor because God's here. God's moving. They want to see another miracle. They want to see another healing. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. I want you to high five somebody and tell them God's going to answer the prophecy. Amen. You can be seated. I did something the other day, I was in a meeting, I was at the Apostolic Conference, 104,000 people there. Uh, Excuse me, 104 missionary families were there. North American, everybody shout North America. God has his eye on North America. He's looking around. He's looking to see who he can use and what church is gonna be merciful. He's not gonna judge people when they come in. Right, listen. You mark mark in your Bible tonight. They're going to stagger in here drunk, but they're going to leave sober, filled with the Holy Ghost. You mark it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's not only going to happen here. It's going to happen in McConnellsville too. I'm telling you right now. It's going to happen. Yes. Yes. It's going to happen. Somebody shout, it is going to happen. Lift your hands. Lift your hand. Go ahead and speak it, Brother Nehemiah. Speak it. Somebody shout, in the name of Jesus. Now be seated. I need to take a text. Can I preach to you for a minute? Let's read something together. Matthew 25 and 14. I'm so excited. I was there in North American Missions. Uh, 
Brother Garrett, in, North, in Madison, Kentucky, they had a great conference, Absolute Conference, and uh, um, it was for church planners. It's amazing what God is talking about right now, of what he's going to do in North America. I'm talking about Brother Hyden, millions are going to see the Holy Ghost in North America. Everybody say millions. Millions. It's, it's, it's already happening. It's happening now. That's just the truth. God is going to let many, many people from different denominations, they're going to run here. Sam, you have something we've missed that we've been missing. We've been praying. We've been studying. They're going to come. God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Entire congregations are going to see the truth. They are. You watch and see. God's going to open many eyes in this last day. I feel the spirit of prophecy. Do you want it? Do you care about it? Do you want to see communities completely turned? I'm talking about complete communities turned around. Just whole communities converted. That's what God's going to do. Entire communities are going to come to the Lord. Entire communities. That's what he's going to do. Millions of people. Millions. I'm talking about entire cities falling on their knees and repenting. Hey, listen. Listen. It's the greatest hour. It, it, it really is. Communities have no clue what to do anymore. They, they are sick and tired of the demographics going in the direction. They, they don't know what to do. They really don't. They, they, they have no clue. They're at their wit's end. They're, 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 everything's falling. Everything's falling apart. They're trying to create more programs, putting committees together. Somebody said one time, they said, a camel is, a ho- a, a camel is what was originally a horse was until the committee got together. When the committee got done with the horse, it looked like a camel. All kinds of committees trying to figure things out, and they just messing stuff up. And God has brought it to a pinnacle peak of frustration in this country. They know politics is not the answer. I'm just going to tell you, they, they know that free love in the 60s, that's just a mess. We are living in the, in the, in the fruit of what was planted in the 1960s, the hippie movement of free love and dope and do whatever you want to do. It's destroyed so many homes and chaos and we're living in the demise of that and people are so broken and hungry. They're running to every drug. They run and they found out it doesn't work. They, 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 they get all of their cops that have Narcan in their cars and firemen and trying to bring people back to life that are overdosing. And it's just unbelievable where the world is. It's the greatest poised place for people to know God. Hear me. They're looking right now. They don't want to come to some dead church when nothing's going on. Nobody's excited. Nobody talks to them. Nobody cares about them. But when they walk in, the ushers are excited. The hosts are excited. And the kids are excited. And the seniors are excited. And they're loving on them. They're saying, you know, this is what I've been looking for. I think I have found. Amen. Now, do you believe that? Yes. Amen. Don't be, don't be ashamed of worshiping God in a church. It's not going to scare them. They're going to get excited with you. Hey, Spring, be, be seated. I, I feel like I'm preparing you for a harvest. That's what I'm doing tonight. I got a text to read, and I'll get to it in a minute. But brother, brother Nehemiah, Brother Nehemiah, I remember when I was a kid, I'd bring people from my school to church, you know. And I always think, what, were they, what do they think? When I'd stand, they'd stand. When I sit, they'd sit. When I'd raise my hand, I'd look out of the corner of my eye, peripheral vision. I see they raised the same hand I raised, you know. I clap my hands, they clap their hands. You know, they, they, they don't know how to do this. It's sometimes a little strange to them. 
How many when you first came to Pentecost, you thought it was a little strange in the room? You came back. You know why you came back? Because what you felt was greater than the... Because anything unfamiliar is awkward, right? But there's something powerful there. I, I don't know what it was, but I'm going back. I felt something that, that I've never felt before. You know what it was? It's Jesus. That's who it is. It's Jesus. That's what you're feeling. Amen. Somebody shout Jesus. And I pray the Holy Ghost is so powerful they drive down the road and can feel it. See, when you have what we're doing tonight, it pre- man, I didn't see this coming. It precedes you. It, it, it goes ahead of you. See, when a church catches on fire, that's what you're feeling right now. Some of you are like, why is, that? why is my hair standing up on the back of my head? Why is there goosebumps running up and down my spine? My goosebumps on my, on my forearms are having babies. What's going on? I'll tell you what it is. It's the Spirit of the Lord falling upon you. Your, the creation, your flesh is feeling the presence of its originator, the creator that made you, and it's responding to that. When you start worshiping God, it's like an inferno. Anybody ever see an inferno? You know an inferno? You can be seated. An inferno is a fire that's so hot that the heat that you can't see precedes it. The flame's here, but the heat is way beyond it. And that the heat precedes it. And so without the flame touching it, trees burst into flames. It literally jumps roads and bridges. That's why they can't hardly control fire. You ought to be up here, Brother Jones, teaching this right now. You know, He's a fireman. And it does. Inferno does that. It jumps rivers. It jumps streams. It jumps roads. And trees burst because the heat precedes it. When a church catches on fire, it precedes you. Before you get to the job, people are already crying. I don't know why, but I've had you in my mind all morning thinking about when you get here. I don't know what it is, but I just something's happened. Do you know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling? It's because the presence of God will precede you if this church could just catch on fire again, if your soul could catch on fire again. Amen. Amen. We would not be able to hold the harvest. Amen. I got a question for you. You can be seated. I have a question for you tonight. And I'm going to read it from Matthew 25 and 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country. Matthew 25 and 14. You can read along. They put it on the screen. You can cheat and read the screen if you want to. Who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave, everybody say, five talents. To another... Two and to another one. Talent is a measure, is a measure of weight. A talent of gold would be about 200 pounds of, of uh, 200 pounds of gold. That's a, a lot of money. So he gave him a talent. It doesn't distinguish that I remember a specific metal, a specific uh, uh, value metal, but it was a talent. It was a, a measure of worth. One he gave five of them. Another one he gave two. Another he gave one. He expected them to do something with what he gave them. It's not their goods. It's his goods. He loaned to them for them to multiply it. To make, it, to make something out of it. To use it. To grow it. And unto one he gave five. Two. To another one, to every man according to his several 
ability and straightway took his journey. Then he had, then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Everybody say ten. Likewise, he that received two, he also gained two. He's now got four. But he that received one, or the least talent, one, everybody say one, went and digged in the earth and hid, not his money, but his Lord's money. He hid his talent behind a video game. He hid it behind Instagram. He hid it behind five hours a night on Facebook. He hid it behind endless Netflix movies. He hid it by something in the earth. He hid it by being shy and not joining the choir. I don't remember the church being this quiet. He hid it. He didn't join the choir because he didn't want to multiply it. Maybe he hid it because he wasn't ready to commit to doubling what God gave him. Here's the problem. Your ability to play music wasn't given by you or your parents. It was given by God. That's the truth. And I know all these musicians can say amen. And you singers in the room. God gave you a gift. And because you got other things in your life, you bury it. God didn't intend for you to bury that. He wants you to multiply it. He wants you to use it. He he wants you to do something with it. Love kids, but you just don't want to commit to studying to teach children. 7,000 children on these streets that need reached, and yet, love kids but one of these days uh, I'm going to get involved with children's ministry hid the talent and after a long time the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them and so he that had received lift your hands let the Lord speak to you let his word do the work let his, let his word do the work why are you hiding that talent God gave it to you for the kingdom not the world he gave it to you because he wanted you to glorify his name for it Jesus name quit procrastinating what God gave you to do something with now I'm I'm speaking this so straight tonight but God wants you to do something now hallelujah hallelujah here's what happened let's just read the story y'all okay out there I know you are you're quiet but you're listening aren't you I can tell so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents. I was profitable. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and what? Servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make thee ruler over many. I got more for you. i just testing you with the five, but... Because you're faithful with what I gave you, I got a lot more talents I'm going to put in your hands. I can trust you. It's called leadership. Oh, God, I can't hardly get through this. God dealt with me yesterday about what to preach tonight. Behold, I've gained beside them. His Lord, thou good and faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful. Thou hast been faithful in a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. 
He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done. Good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over what? Amen. I've got so much more for you. This was just the beginning. I trusted you with this, but this is just the beginning. Let's read on. And while they went, uh, oh, excuse me, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou and enjoy the Lord. Verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art an hard man. Everybody say, the Lord's a hard man. Reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not straw. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast There thou hast, that is thine. Watch what happens. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked. He didn't say slothful servant only. Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. He said, you knew my manner of leadership. Yes, I do gather where I haven't sowed. And yes, I do reap where I haven't strawed. And I'm going to tell you, God's going to allow this church to have harvest where we didn't plant. And there's going to be people that we've sowed in and strawed in that they're going to be in somebody else's church. And I'm okay with that because the Lord can harvest wherever he wants to. It's his feet. This is not about the anchor. Honey, I thought the other day, I thought the other day, we've got so many people living in our metro cities and very few churches. Only one church in, in um, uh, Manhattan, New York. Only one, one apostolic church that's there because it's so financially hard to get in. I just believe that maybe one of these days we can send a metro missionary out of the anchor somewhere. We've got to get in this. That says, you know what? I, I, we don't. We don't. We don't have to. Uh, 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 doesn't have to be all about what happens in this building. The fields are ready. They're they're white, brother Melik, and you will step in countries and see great revivals under your ministry. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It it really is. God's going to use brother Melik. I really feel that in great way, and your entire family. God's going to use them. I'm going to tell you why. He's going to use your family because you were faithful to the hard times. And when you couldn't fill him, you served him. And the Lord keeps great records. And your children are blessed the way they are. Not, of course, Sister Ron is in this too. But I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Because you were faithful when you were frustrated. You see, the decisions I make will affect my kids. It affects my children. 
Brother Melick, I feel an outpouring in this church for some mamas that's been sowing and been praying for their kids, some daddies that's been sowing and praying. I really do. Do you believe that? Do you believe your prayers can reach your family? Come on, let there be a hearty amen. Amen, amen, amen. What I told you earlier this year about your, about your, your daughter has not been fulfilled yet, but it will. You just keep praying. You keep seeking God. God, God saw that. I saw the wall cracking. I'm telling you, I still feel it. It is. I feel a spirit of prophecy in here. Is there anybody? Anybody believe what I'm preaching that there's going to be a breakthrough in your kids? There really is. If you believe it, I'd respond right now. If you really do, there ought to be an amen, a shout, something. Let there be a response. Now, let me just tell you in essence what the story is saying. You can be seated. In essence, if I had a dollar invested in a cup of coffee, you think I would sell it for 50 cents? You don't have to reach for your calculator down your phone. Just If it took me a dollar to make a cup of coffee, do you think I would sell it for 50 cents? If I did, what would that cup of coffee be? Unprofitable. Now, I'm going to talk to some seasoned saints. All you new folks, just just don't pay attention to this right now, but I'm going to talk to the seasoned saints. Everything God's invested in you, and there's no fruit on your vine. No fruit on your vine. The Bible says that the tree that does not produce fruit, he's going to cut it down, and he's going to throw it in the fire. I'm talking to some people that have procrastinated for many, many years to reach the lost. You left it up to the preacher for whatever reason. I know it's awkward in here, but that's my job. And he said that he's going to take the unprofitable servant. You buried your talent. Told the preacher no when he asked you to get involved. Just no, 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 no. no. I'm going to tell you right now, you better repent of that. Not being involved in the kingdom of God. I see scared faces all over this building and thank God for it right now. Because don't you die unprofitable. You turn that thing around. You say, God, I'm asking for another opportunity. If I can get involved in the kingdom, I'm going to get involved in the kingdom. Amen. This is the best part I preached all night right here. Because he looked at this and you're going to stand before God. He's going to say, what would you do with that talent I gave you? He is a steward. He's not going to settle for a 50 cents cup of coffee when he, gave, he, he invested a dollar in you. And you know, you've never reached a soul. You've never knocked the door. You've never interceded over the lost. You never got involved with the house of God. Never get involved. You just go about your way and write a check for tithing, but you never produce mercy and grace and forgiveness and what he gave you. You've never multiplied. You just buried it in the community. You buried it in the job. You buried it in overtime. It is not the will of God to have never invested in a soul that's lost. It is not the will of God to have never invested in a mission missionary or a home missionary or the church here at some point you got to say I do not want to be ashamed when I stand before the steward of the universe and I and I become an unprofitable thing that he invested in no I'm going to let him know how glad I am I'm going to do everything I can to be profitable 
He said, I was afraid. The number one reason people do not produce fruit is they're afraid of rejection. How many times have I tried to get seasoned people to reach lost people, to teach Bible studies, and the number one reason, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I won't do it well. So you bury the talent. Well, somebody else goes to hell. Somebody else walks into eternity. Somebody else doesn't hear the gospel. I know I'm preaching. I know I'm preaching hard tonight, but the harvest is ready. God never intended for you to go to church and hear preaching for the rest of your life and you never share the gospel yourself. It is not the will of God. Your knowledge, your knowledge is the power. We've got to crucify something here tonight. We gotta crucify this flesh thing that says I gotta be a preacher to let somebody know about the Lord. You gotta crucify that on the altar. The gospel did not get out of Jerusalem by the apostles. It got out of Jerusalem by believers. That's who got it out. We gotta get the gospel out of this building. We gotta get the gospel out of here. We gotta be profitable. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's people right now in this community, I can see it, they're drinking alcohol right now and I'm gonna tell you why they are. They're drinking alcohol and they were once in the church and the reason they're drinking alcohol is because they're trying to drink the calling away. They're trying, to, they're trying to drink a covenant away that they made with God when at one point in their life they had a burden for sinners. They used to weep over the community. They're not here tonight because they buried the talent and they're miserable inside. They're afraid. They're miserable because God's calling them to do something and they're just trying to sit idle and now they turn to alcohol. I feel this tonight. I pray against that spirit of alcohol. I pray against that mediocrity and complaint. God, don't let them sleep tonight. Keep them awake until they run back to the church and repent and get involved in the harvest again. I'm praying for a revival among our backsliders tonight. I'm praying a revival among everybody that's walked out of the church. Let there be a stirring. Let there be a move. Come on, anybody go pray with me right now. I'm praying that every lost person that's walked out of the church would be stirred tonight. Come on, stand your feet and lift your hands and say, God, let there be a stirring among the backsliders. You're married to them. You're married to them. Brother Derek. Brother Luke, I've never seen a happy backslider. Brother Tony, am I telling the truth? Brother Tony, come stand with me, your pastor. I want you to stand at my side as an angel of the Lord. He's the angel of the church of Crooksville. You better believe he is. This is not about us doing stuff for God. It's about doing stuff with God. I wonder what's going to happen to the anchor when you wake up in the morning and you get on your knees and you pray until the Holy Ghost comes over you. You're going to walk down that day and you're going to see delivering power. You really are. Brother Tony was back for 22 years. He said right there, not one day of peace. Before you walk away from God, and I believe there's people watching online tonight. I pray God conviction. You fall to your knees tonight and get a hold of the Lord. He said, not one day of peace, but five minutes back in the altar. He said, I've got peace again. Feel with the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad about it? I pray for all of those that he represents tonight by the authority of the word of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 All you young people come stand up here with Pastor. All of you, young adults as well. 
Don't dare click on pornography. Any hint of it. Don't dare do it. Are you all listening to me? It is an entrapment of the devil. The devil's doing, uh, I don't want you to leave me. I want you to stand with me with Tony. Everything he can, every single thing he can, he's trying to, like an alligator pulling the youth to the swamp, young adults to the swamp. He's doing everything he can to drag you in the muddy waters of bondage. Don't fall into the church. Look at this group of young people on a Sunday night. Who says young people don't want to be in church? Look at that. Now, you adults, listen to me. You're going to stand before God, and not one of you is getting out of it. We will all individually stand before God and give account for our life. He's going to say, He's going to say, Hey, Tony, I gave you two talents. What'd you do with them? You're going to show him two churches. Works a full-time job. And pastors two churches. And I've never heard one complaint. You know why? Because he wants to be profitable. I just want, I just want God to be pleased with me. Can I ask you a, probably the question of the day? Is God pleased with you? He doesn't expect you to be perfect. He expects you to be involved. When I was your age, Brother Luke, I made my mind up. I know I'm young and I'm not going to do it all right. But if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail trying. And I made many mistakes along the way. But God honored me trying. Don't you go idle on me. Don't you go idle on the Lord. He's giving you some. Oh, y'all feel what I feel. Do you want to stand before God and you be the 50 cent cup of coffee? Or do you want to be a profitable servant? I may want to be a profitable servant. Would you just raise your hand if you want to be a profitable servant? I try to give financially. You can't buy salvation, no such thing. But the Lord blessed me financially, so I give back because I want to be profitable. I want it to multiply. I want to give to the kingdom. Last, last week at the Abstract Conference, I was there, and the Lord dealt with me and spoke to me for this church to give $10,000 to that conference. We're a giving church. There's nobody in here that wouldn't want me to do that. $10,000 to help those North American missionaries. And I thought to myself, I called the treasurer and said, called a quick board meeting. I said, send that. That's what the Lord tells me. Please vote. They were in agreement. We sent that. I didn't send it because I know we get it all back. Because it will. Some big financial miracles going to happen. Then later on the way home, I thought to myself, I'd love for this church to get involved in that. Just pray about it. Ask God to speak to you. About to give toward that 10000 That's up to you. No pressure. But I just want to be a giver. Man, I was a sinner saved by grace. Anybody else? I want to forgive people and be merciful. I want there to be godly fruit on my vines that the Lord look out and say, Hey, Brother Crispin, you told me this year would be a year of fruition. Well, even my apple trees produce more fruit than they ever have. That's the truth. As the husbandman, you know how happy I was to see the trees given back.
dug the hole, planted the tree, picked off the picked off the, the web worms and treated them and pruned them up. When they produce fruit, I thought, thou good and faithful tree. If one was just standing alone in the ground, not doing anything at some point, I'd have to say, if I'm ever going to have fruit in the spot, I've got to cut it down. That's my fear tonight. And you hear the warning of the Lord. If you're not going to use it, He's going to take it from you. And He's going to give it to somebody that will multiply it. I tell you, in the fear of God, because the harvest is now, that if you're not going to use what God's given you, He's going to remove it from you and He's going to give it to somebody that's going to move it and you're going to be lost. <laughs> he said in Matthew 25, He said it this way. Find the verse, excuse me. And nobody in this room wants to be lost, do you? you're going to be accountable for your gifts the Bible says for unto for unto everyone verse 29 throw it on the screen please Matthew 25 and 39 for unto everyone that hath shall be given and he shall have abundance but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth I'm just going to tell you going to church doesn't save you becoming profitable is part of God's plan. You know what I want to do? I want to be baptized, Brother Melik, in Thanksgiving. Hey, God, I just want to give back. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do. I looked and saw all those young men down there, and I thought they ought to be in the choir. It's going to be inconvenient. You have to turn video games off. You have to lay some fun things aside, but I'm going to commit to being in the choir. Pastor said he wants a large choir for singing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I could sleep longer on Sunday, but I'm going to youth. I'm going to go to choir practice. You know what you're doing? You're saying, I'm going to be involved in the kingdom. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Come on, don't look at the clock. It's harvest time. How many want to be involved in the kingdom? Everybody in the building, I want you to press your way close. Everybody in the building. You're physically unable then, I understand, but please come. Everybody in the building, press your way to the front. Brother Derek, while I feel a great harvest, I also feel the judgment of God. I do. Everybody in the building, please make your way to the front. Hallelujah. want some stars in my crown that somebody came to the Lord I haven't come to beat you up tonight I've come to shake you up because I know what the Lord has shown me tonight I know I preach the harvest is ready but what I have for tonight is the profitable servant now here I'm going to flip this for just a moment the profitable servant is going to become abundant in blessing. It's going to start off with just five, but it's going to multiply. Somebody say amen.
I want everybody under the sound of my voice, everybody, to bow your head, and I want you to repent. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Brother Tony, would you lead us in this prayer right now? Oh, Lord God, we reach out to you right now, oh, Lord God. Oh, this room is full of your vessels, God. We're here tonight before you, oh, Lord, oh, God, to present ourselves, Lord Jesus, the renewing, Lord, of our vow to you, Lord God. The sum have been given five, some two, some one, Lord. Oh, God, but I pray, Lord God, we yield ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we bind every spirit, Lord, of fear. We bind every spirit, Lord, of unworthiness and anxiety, Lord Jesus, God. And I pray we will be loosed, Lord, under the power of your spirit, oh God. Oh, Lord, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost, God, would break the yoke, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, in the name of the Lord, that healing, Lord God, would be in our hands. That healing, Lord, would be in our spirit, oh, Lord. Hear us from heaven tonight, God, as we seek your face. God, as we seek your face, oh, Lord God. We are your hands, oh, God. We are your feet. We are your eyes, Lord. God, I pray that the winds of restoration, God, will begin to blow, Lord. God, in our families, Lord Jesus, God, the winds that will blow the prodigals back to the house of the Lord. God, will they answer the call of God, Lord. Oh, God, we commit ourselves to you tonight, oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, let every decision, God, from this point forward, Lord Jesus, let every decision, Lord, that we make, God, from this point forward, but lead us closer to the throne of God, Lord. Let our commitments, Lord, lead us closer to the house of God and not from the way, from the things of God. Oh, Lord, I pray you bind our families together, Lord. God, in a spirit of unity and a bond of peace, Lord. God, lead us and guide us with our children, Lord God. Oh, God, we must work while it is day. Come on, lift your hands. Offer your hands to the Lord. We must work while it is day, for the night will come when no man will be able to work. When no man will be able to work, oh, we must work while it is day. The harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're not too young. 